It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. School's out for summer, but beware the summer brain drain. That's when many children experience learning loss because they're not engaged in educational activities during the summer. Most children lose about two months of grade-level equivalency over the summer months, but Commissioner, our DIY summer school from Georgia's pre-K program is running to the rescue. Yes, I'm really proud of our DIY summer school activities that we post every day. Um, They're so easy to do. Um, I've used some of them myself uh, with my children, and so it's a nice thing that we can not just uh, work on with our children that we serve in child care or pre-K, but any parent in Georgia can use those. Yeah, it's all right there for you. Joining us to talk about DIY Summer School and that dreaded summer brain drain is Faith Duncan, Field Operations Director for Georgia's Pre-K Program, and Demetria Joyce, Instructional Learning Manager for DECAL. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. So first, let's get to know you better. Faith, how long have you been with DECAL and what were you doing prior to joining the agency? Well, I've been with DECAL since 2009. I started as a pre-K consultant, and um, prior to that, I was an elementary school principal in Jonesboro. Um, I was just tallying up. I think next year will be my 40th year in education, and during that time, I was a early childhood teacher. I taught kindergarten through third grade and um, worked at the central office for a little while and then became an elementary school principal prior to coming here. I love that part of your story, and I'm wondering, did being a principal prepare you for this current role in the pre-K program? Because pre-K was kind of just happening back then. It did, and it didn't. Um, I think really what prepared me was just having an early childhood background and a love of little children. Four-year-olds are my favorite age, and I have learned an awfully lot since joining the decal staff. Um, More about all of the wonderful things that our agency does. Um, not just pre-K. So it's it's been a real a real pleasure to be part of it. You know, one of our teachers of the year, Stephanie Westhafer, has a great story that she was actually working in finance for a number of years, then kind of fell into some circumstances where she was homeschooling and realized she loved teaching and became a teacher out of that uh, experience. So I think that's great. Um, so that is Faith's background. Uh, Demetria, how about you? Okay, well, actually, um, I started in education in 2003 as an eighth grade teacher. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I taught language arts, and then after my first year, um, I said, I don't know if the eighth graders are <laughs> meant for me or I'm meant <laughs> for them. <laughs> uh, they were taller than I was, and it was just, I don't know. Um, so anyway, um, I went back to graduate school and actually got my start in early childhood by being a director of Child Care Resource Referral in South Georgia. Oh, wow. So um, that's kind of how I got started. Um, um, and I was a Georgia's pre-K consultant. I've been a director. Um, so Georgia's pre-K consultant was the most recent before this role. Mm-hmm. And your role now is instructional learning manager. Yes. What does that mean? 
Well, that means that I get to work across the agency, supporting all the divisions and understanding what the standards are, um, how they can be used to support families and teachers, um, and also um, doing a lot with family engagement piece of the materials and the resources that we have available. Um, And just I have the opportunity to um, work with other divisions to think about instructional planning and Mm. lesson planning and those kinds of things. Standards, you're talking about the GELDs. The GELDs. Georgia Early Learning. Learning Development Standards. Yes, the Georgia Early Learning and Development Standards, the jails as we fondly call them. Um, and so primarily that's my work, the jails project and everything that is um, around the jails. Okay, terrific. And I'm wondering, most days better than teaching eighth grade? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Even In though I fairness. have two middle schoolers at home now, uh. that's... You know, so it's full circle for me. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Great background. So, you know, we talked to a lot of our team, and it's amazing how many were teachers, uh, either in a childcare setting or a public school setting. And so you guys kind of cover both Mm -hmm. of those things. Well, let's talk about summer learning loss. Um, Faith, how would you define it? Well, thinking back to my teaching career, um, I always wanted to prepare families to work with their children over the summer and make that learning fun. So what we know about, some people call it summer drain, um, summer slide, summer loss. Basically, um, a lot of studies show that children lose between 25 to 50 percent of that new learning or about two months, and um, it can be prevented. Mm -hmm. And so that's really how I would define it. And there's it, it varies based on age and, and child. And it's kind of like brain stimulation. It's not that you would be going over and over what they learned in that previous year. But just if you're checking out and parking the brain, <laughs> so to speak, you're not um, going to retain what you got. Is that kind of what it means? Yes. And especially um, a lot of our studies show us in the area of mathematics um, because it's that use it or lose it you know, mentality, math, we need to practice, especially when it's new learning and that has happened towards the end of the school year. Um, It also affects reading. Um, It it truly is something that parents, with their engaged with their children in fun, um, not drudgery activities, they can do something to help. Mm -hmm. Dimitri, what about you? Have you seen this firsthand? Yeah, yeah, I definitely have. And I also taught um, Georgia's pre-K and, of course, having my own children. But it is a real phenomenon. It is something that's very well that happens. Um, And so I think what's really important um, for the population that we serve is just to remember that kids learn through play. So they're doing these things in the summer already. You may have to instigate a little bit, pull the cell phones, pull the tablets away, and just really encourage them to just play, pull out the cardboard boxes. I know when I was growing up, those are things that – I love to do Mm -hmm. Um, and just pretending that you're, you know, on a boat in this huge cardboard box Um, or just dressing up in your parents' clothes. Those are those thinking about those critical thinking skills and pretending like you're taking an order. Um, One of the things I love when I was a Georgia's pre-K consultant is actually going into the classroom and sitting in that home living there and they're Mm -hmm. putting hair rollers in your hair and (laughs) it looks like they're just playing or when your kids come home with Play-Doh and paint splattered everywhere, but they're actually learning through their play. Right. Um, So for the population we serve, it's it's not as challenging, not as difficult. You just have to make time sometimes for busy families to actually think about play as learning. And summertime is, I guess, the optimal time for that. Right. When I talk to folks that might say four years old is too soon 
to be in a learning situation. I think they're picturing four-year-olds coming into a classroom with desk in nice rows and it being a traditional classroom. But if they've been to a pre-K classroom, as Susan Adams often says, if it's quiet, it's probably not a very good pre-K. Because there's a lot of imagination at work. And I remember I I loved the kitchen area when Mm -hmm. I was that age, Uh, just like hanging out in that space. And it was all miniature, Mm -hmm. so it was my size. That kind of motivated you. Uh, back to the teachers of the year, I know um, one of our teachers of the year said that she had a student who's now in medical school come back to her and say that, this is Becky Hayden that said it, um, came back and said, I'm in medical school because one of the workstations I saw a stethoscope. Mm-hmm. And um, that really sparked my interest mm-hmm. in being a doctor. So it's pretty cool. Um, so it's a real thing to keep a child engaged what are some ideas? I know we're talking about DIY summer school. Mm-hmm. Summer vacations, is that a good uh, thing to do? I think all experiences with children are a good thing to do if their family is involved and if the family is engaged with the child. Um, going to um, museums, to the zoo, taking a trip somewhere the child's never been, you're exposing them to things that they may have seen a picture of in a book or they've heard their teacher read to them or you may have read to them. Mm -hmm. So certainly all of those experiences are great for enriching a child's life. Um, But parents don't have to take extravagant trips and do extravagant things. There's lots and lots of things, opportunities around them that are free in their community. Um, And they just need to research those. You can just do free things to do in Atlanta, Georgia, or in Mm -hmm. Brunswick, Georgia, Mm -hmm. and get a great list of of, um, places that offer things for children throughout the summer. I am a proponent of reading. Um, I think you cannot read early enough to children, and you have to make that fun and engaging with them, changing your voice, acting silly, finding books that are about topics they are interested in. Public libraries, they do a great summer reading program. You can go be a part of that, check out books for free. Um, It doesn't always have to be a costly thing that parents are doing. Mm -hmm. It's a love that you really can instill at an early age. But it's got to be through exposure, I guess. You've got to have books around. And children need to see their parents reading. Mm -hmm. They need to see that this is something that everyone does. I mean, it is the gateway to their future, truly. Mm -hmm. And um, I just don't think we can do enough with that, holding your child in your lap. It can become where a child, um, if we expect them to read too early or if they're struggling with it, um, that we can make it become more of a chore for them. So I think families need to guard against that, especially in the summer. This is a family activity. I'm going to sit down with my four-year-old or my three-year-old, and we're going to read a fun story together. We're going to talk about the pictures, talk about words we've never heard. Mm-hmm. Um, just make it engaging and fun. Yeah. Playful. Yeah. I love the you know, interacting with different voices and acting mm-hmm. things out instead mm-hmm. of just reading the book. I think that's great. Um, So, Demetria, how did the idea for a DIY summer school come about? Well, so what we wanted to do when the GELS, G-E-L-S, kind of morphed into the GELS, G-E-L-D-S, we wanted to be sure that we didn't just have a singular focus just on teachers because parents also are the first educators. Um, And so we wanted to be ensured that we were also considering families as our partners. And so we wanted to have resources available to to them to let them know, hey, here's some things that you could do at home just as if you were doing a DIY project in your kitchen or Mm -hmm. in your bathroom 
bathroom. But here are some things that you could do with your child that you don't have to go out and purchase things for. You can consider your house as this big treasure box and all of these uh, materials and resources that you have just kind of lying around or in your kitchen cabinet um, that you can use those to continue to stimulate your child's brain um, to kind of help them develop um those skills that they need so that they can continue to be successful. Mm-hmm. You guys have really made it fun. You've got two full calendars because I guess technically the kids are out of school for about two months, June and July, and some of our schools in Georgia start back late July, late July. definitely early August, which sort of blows my mind as an older person because <laughs> I remember being out of school right on through Labor Day almost. Um, but schools start back pretty soon. So we've got these monthly calendars. They're posted on our website. Uh, on the pre-K page at decal.ga.gov. I've got the July one in front of me here, and you've got it kind of broken down into each day has a different theme. So there's Marvelous Math Monday, Terrific Science Tuesday, Writing and Reading Wednesday, Thinking Skills Thursday, and Fun Physical Development Friday. And what I love is on each day there is a short um, lesson plan, I guess you'd call it. And then you can tie it to the actual gel so you can look up and see what we're trying to emphasize. Right. And so the wonderful thing about the gels are they are a continuum. So if you look at this and say, oh, you know, this can be today we're going to let's pull out your cars or let's pull out your Avengers characters since that seems to be a big thing. And let's yeah. see which one's the smallest, which one's the biggest. But you can actually, um, depending on your child's developmental level, you can modify these to make them fit the needs of your child, um, which is the important thing about tying them back to the standards because the standards are a continuum. And the beautiful thing is you can reach forward or you can reach backwards to be sure that you're supporting your child in the way they need to be supported um, so that it can continue to grow and develop. Right. Faith, uh, you approve of of DIY summer school activities? Absolutely. (laughs) It gives parents those quick ideas they can go to. And I love that they are things that they'll have in their own home. Mm -hmm. Even I think today's is playing with Play-Doh and using cookie cutters. And parents can um, Google recipes that they can make the Play-Doh. I love the Play-Doh you make at home much better than the Play-Doh you buy. Mm. There's even a recipe out there for a Kool-Aid flavor or Kool-Aid smelling Play-Doh. Wow. Um, And there's nothing in it that would hurt a child. Right. um, I knew some kids that actually ate it. They would eat it, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, I can remember having to guard against that with kindergarten children. Liked it so, so much, a little too much. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, each each day is a different activity. I'm looking ahead at July, and so uh, for Marvelous Math Monday, 1st of July, place numerical cards throughout a room in obvious locations. Encourage your child to find a card, return to the group, say, you found the numeral three. And that's on Math Monday. Now, see, I like that kind of math. Mm-hmm. I think I might actually be able to <laughs> Me do that. Too. <laughs> but um, what we're doing with our social media, not only can you get the full calendar printed out and posted in your kitchen or uh, home office or whatever is, works best for you, maybe in your child's room, um, but we're also highlighting each day uh, on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Um, the lesson plan for the day. So if it's something that you forgot to print out the full schedule, that's one option. If not, you can uh, have it for you on our social media every day um, here at DECAL. I think it's just a a great idea, um, and it does tie in with the gels um, so well. I'm wondering, have you had any feedback? We've been doing this for a couple of years now, so do you hear from parents or teachers about how they're liking it? We've heard that they really enjoy it. Um, 
that this is something that's user-friendly, that's family-friendly, um, that you can do easily because you don't have to run out to the craft store um, or to the supermarket and purchase things necessarily. So we wanted to make it um, easy for families and for teachers. So I think we've kind of hit the mark on that. Mm-hmm. So go to the website. Uh, you've got all the information there. Faith, also happening in June and July, uh, is our Georgia's uh, pre-K summer transition uh, program. We've done this for a few years now. What's the idea behind that? Well, with the summer, we have two different types of programs. So we have our rising kindergarten program, and that is for children who have not attended Georgia's pre-K before. That's our target group of children. Maybe they moved into the state late, or they never had a slot come available um, that was close enough to their home or to their parents' commute for them to be able to enroll in. Um, or it could be for um, a child who maybe just had a brief time in pre-K. They were here for the last couple of months. They need more extended time. So it's really just to continue that learning, that um, get children better prepared for that first day in kindergarten and that entry into kindergarten. It's all based around language literacy and mathematics. We have smaller class sizes, um, a lot of fun activities planned for the children there as well. Um, so it doesn't seem just school school. We mm-hmm. have um, a partnership with the Alliance, and they do some wonderful things with the children. So it's a great time. Notice that uh, we even have visitors coming out and reading. In yes, the we transition. have that, which is wonderful. Um, our, I didn't mention our rising pre-K program is for our dual language children who have not been in pre-K yet. They are registered for pre-K next year. And so this might help open that door for them, get them a little bit more acclimated. Again, the focus is on language literacy and mathematics. And we actually um, have a, a requirement there that one of the teachers has to um, – be fluent in Spanish so that they can help bridge that gap between home and make that child feel more comfortable and um, welcome in that classroom mm-hmm. setting. Too late for this year, obviously, yes. but if you wanted your child, you felt like they needed to be, do you have to be recommended? Do you sign up? How does that work? You don't sign up. You Yes, you are typically recommended for um, the program, um, especially for the Rising K. Mm-hmm. Um, and those programs that are awarded a, a, a summer transition program classroom, they do outreach. So if you if families see it, it's advertised, they can call their, you know, their um, sites that are offering it and say, you know, I'm interested in my child attending this. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, I guess we'll be headed back to school. And for some four-year-olds, that means starting Georgia's pre-K program. Is it too late to register? Absolutely not. Registration is going on everywhere. Um, some of our uh, families you know, are already registered. They're already in place for next year. But a lot of movement happens over the summer. So all parents that have a child who is going to be four on or before September 1 this year, I encourage you, if you haven't, found a program and you need help finding a program, you can call us our one eight seven seven all ga kids and get information about where the programs are in your area. And um, Or you can, if you're driving by, you can stop in, talk to a program. Most of them have signs out front that say they're offering Georgia's pre-K. Mm-hmm. Big signs. And let me ask you about the waiting list. What if I call and they say, 
We're going to put you on a waiting list. What does that mean? So that means they don't have a slot available right now. Their classes are full. But again, a lot of things change over the course of the summer. They work through that waiting list as slots become available, and they call families in the order that they receive their names. So it's okay to be on multiple wait lists if your child hasn't gotten into a program. What we encourage families to do is when you do get that call and you go register your child, is to let the other programs know they can take you off the waiting list because we want to make sure that as many children as that want to be in a Georgia's pre-K program have a place to go. Mm -hmm. About 80,000 kids this past year, so I'm sure it'll probably be another big year. And Demetria, if uh, listeners want to know more about GELTS, uh, what should they do? Yeah, so you can go to the GELTS website, which is www.gels.decal.ga.gov. And if they have questions and need more information, is there a way to contact? Uh, yes. Yeah, so those? we have a contact form on the GELTS page, or you certainly can email the GELTS inbox at GELTS at decal.ga.gov. And um, where I monitor that box. So if you have more questions about DIY summer school, um, please feel free to reach out. Great. Great resources. And you can find a lot of that also on our general website, which is decal.ga.gov. You can find more information on DIY Uh, summer school, or you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, where we post the daily lesson plans. And uh, this is great. Demetria and Faith, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Jean-Claude Mukonkole. I mean, uh, I work for my department is app, app studies. So my question for commission is this. I mean, I don't know if there is a, any other classification for the bilingual, like a French, for some of the, the, the parents. I don't, I don't know. I think it's a great question that I don't know that I have the answer to. That's a, um, a valid point, though, because we definitely want parents or providers or whoever may call um, if they're not an English speaker to have access to our services. So, first of all, great that you're on board and you obviously you speak French. I know that we do and we have in the past focused on hiring Spanish-speaking individuals to help us with things like that. And then we also work with a translation service uh, to help us work with um, callers or parents or families or teachers, whoever it may be, if their first language is not English, so that we can help them and support them. So that's a great question. Thank you. Hey, it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. What rhyming name refers to the summer learning loss we're trying to prevent with DIY summer school? What rhyming name refers to the summer learning loss we're trying to prevent in DIY summer school? Send your answers to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.